Hi, and welcome back to the Church Renewal podcast from Flourish Coaching. I'm your host, Alan Edwards, and we're dropping in your feed today with one of our special listener question episodes. We put out on Facebook and Twitter to our friends and to our colleagues that we're starting this podcast, and we just basically said, what do you want to talk about when it comes to the renewal and revitalization of churches? And we're looking forward to digging into some of these. We'd love for you to join the conversation with us. So you can reach us by email. I'm alan at flourishcoaching.org. That's A-L-L-A-N. You can reach our director, Matt, at flourishcoaching.org by email as well. You can always connect to us on Facebook at tinyurl.com backslash flourishfb or on Twitter, flourishcoach1. That's flourishcoach and the number one. Share your thoughts and questions, and maybe you'll be featured on a future episode here of the podcast. Flourish exists to set ministry leaders free with the gospel so that they can be effective wherever God has called them. When pastors or churches feel stuck, our coaches come alongside them to renew their hope and help them gain strategic clarity. All right, let's dig in and explore the ways that Jesus is renewing his church. So we're back doing listener questions here on the Church Renewal Podcast. I've got Matt Bowling, Executive Director of Flourish, in the studio with me today. Matt, Matt, do you Uh, like doing these listener questions? These are awesome and fun. I just like that people are thinking about renewal revitalization. We put this question out on Facebook, and in like 12 hours... We got how many questions? Easy. And it'll keep going long before, long after we'll be done recording this. Yeah, Yeah. it's fantastic. We, We are at a moment where people particularly in our circles, are asking anew, how do we revitalize our churches? So that's really exciting. Yep. The question we have today comes from uh, another minister in the PCA, Jeff Guinan, who's down in Alabaster, Alabama. Jeff is the uh, director or coordinator for the Alabama Church Planting Network. Um, Jeff's uh, talked with us before. He's got an interest in bivocational ministry and what that means for churches. Um, And so we're interested to learn more about the work that he's doing there. But he, he asks this question, if the Lord answers our prayers for revitalization, what types of changes might established leaders expect in their church? So Matt, if, if we are praying earnestly for the Lord to renew our churches and revitalize our churches, what types of changes would we expect to see? So I'll start with the ones that I think are the farthest out um, that, that people wouldn't think of. Uh, necessarily, but are absolutely helpful. The people in our churches change their priorities. The people in our churches change their priorities. What do you mean? So um, we came to adopt in Seattle uh, this phrase, repenting often means rechoosing. So if I come to recognize, a renewed church re-recognizes that the point of the church is that it's a missionary tactical force, right? And so that means a lot of different kinds of changes, but the most visible one, um, the one that, that is seen if you dig in, is that the people in our church have made room for unbelievers in their lives. They've re-recognized, oh, I, my family, we're part of this missionary tactical force, and we have made room for people that don't know Jesus in our lives. Mm. So that's not super visible. You're not going to see it on Sunday when somebody walks into church or something like that. There's things on Sunday. We've talked about that in other podcasts, but um, I think that that's one of the ones, and I think correlated with that is the way that people pray. Okay. They pray more desperately for themselves to be, um, to understand the gospel, to be self-sacrificial, 
um, to love their neighbors as themselves, to exercise hospitality. Praying desperately for myself doesn't mean, God, give me these things that I want. Praying desperately for myself means a right understanding of myself as in desperate need of the Lord for every aspect of my life. Yeah, like uh, I actually believe what Jesus said when he said, apart from me, you can do nothing. Mm. And yet he says, I called you to bear much fruit. And so Jesus calling on us, right, is to bear much fruit. And that's renewed lives. It's it's different lives where we bear the fruit of the Spirit. But certainly it's a life that's in step with the Great Commission. And so that means my my prayerfulness is, well, I'm prayerful. Right. And the content of those prayers is quite a bit different than it used to be. It's not so much that I'd be healthy or wealthy or wise. Well, maybe wise. Yeah. Um, but that I'm... I'm conformed to Christ. I'm experiencing the joy of the my salvation and of God's grace. And that my life is quite a bit different than it used to be because it's oriented around people that don't know Jesus. So if if God answers our prayer for revitalization, people's priorities will be different. Their prayer life will be different. I think one thing that worth mentioning is a, a difference in worship on Sunday morning. Okay. You will hear people sing and you will hear them participate in the responsive readings aloud you you will you will voices will sound different on sunday if god has renewed our worship and made it joyful and reverent absolutely because people will be re-experiencing the gospel in the midst of worship and want to and so they'll evidence it by the way that they participate and that's significant i think for people who come to visit or new people is that they come in and they go oh these people actually mean what they're talking about. They're not just here flapping their gums because that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm sure there are some other artifacts we could pull out of what it would look like if God was revitalizing our churches. But I think these ones that you've pulled out, worship, prayer, um, priorities, these are indicative of a philosophy of renewal. Yeah, absolutely. That is maybe a little different than what people expect when they start the conversation about revitalization. Right. I think when people start the conversation about revitalization, they expect that we are talking about a strategy to grow the number of people participating in, attending, being a member of and giving to my church. Right. No numbers, uh, noise and nickels. Numbers, noise and nickels. Right. That's funny. Where'd that come from? That's a Harry readerism. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Numbers, nickels and noses. There's different ways of putting it, but. I think that that's what we're that's what people are expecting, and so they're expecting um, that primarily what we're going to talk about are structural changes in the church. Stop this program, start this program. Now, those may be very good answers to questions. It may be that part of the renewal of your church is to stop some programs and start some other ones. There's good research into that, um, but. What we're interested in is um, there may well be, so a significant book in this is um, The Trellis and the Vine, right? And so um, there may well be in a church that needs renewal, um, both vine work, certainly there's going to be vine work that's needed. Vine work, just real quick definitions. What is the trellis? What is the vine? Okay, so the vine is the organism. What's the health of the organism? And we were giving at the beginning of this uh, question period here, these things I was talking about were the elements of the healthy organism that you want to see developed, 
Organism right? is the body of it's believers. The, the body of believers, okay. right. The vitality, the spiritual lives of those believers. The organization would be the trellis, right? It's the structure that's meant to serve the ends that Jesus has for the organism. So, for example, uh, Sunday school is an aspect of the trellis. A building is an aspect of the trellis. A small group ministry, aspect of the trellis. The point of the trellis is not to exist for itself. Many times in renewal churches, things continue to exist. Nobody knows why they're there. They're not accomplishing anything, but we surely can't let them go. And that's small churches and big, big churches. And big churches, absolutely. Right. I, I, I had an interaction with a renewal pastor some years ago. Um, and uh, he went into a small church that was maybe 100 people. Um, guess how many committees this church of 100 people had? Um, I, I mean, you're setting me up for a big number, so I'll say 10. 42. <laughs> if you could see the look on Elwood's face, you would be surprised, dear listener. I'm 42 I'm committees. I'm likes organizational development. That's too many committees. I'm a Presbyterian. That's too many committees. Absolutely. So what it was is that at some point when the church was multiple hundred people, 42 committees made sense. But as the church shrunk over the years, they never got rid of any of the committees. And nobody had any time to tend towards vine things because they were completely consumed with trellis things. Interesting. And so renewal is going to look at both the trellis and the vine and be willing to change anything. Yeah. Because of the missionary impulse that we've regained. And, and so it, regaining that missionary impulse, regaining Jesus's scorecard for the church, that's really what we mean when we talk about God answering our prayer for renewal and revitalization. Absolutely. That's the root of it. Yes. To, to borrow that language from uh, the guys over at Christian Counseling Education Foundation, right? The root is getting aligned with Jesus and his mission for the church. Absolutely. The fruit that grows out of that could look different in, in different, different places. Right. Absolutely. So it could look like what everybody hopes for and assumes that this church is going to grow in participation, numbers, nickels, noses, yep. uh, right? They're, they're going to grow. What are a couple other fruits that are, are the fruits of renewal right. that maybe you've seen that don't look like what most people expect? Sure. To see as a fruit of God answering these prayers. Sometimes uh, a move in renewal, particularly if it involves um, needed um, conflict. So one of my taglines um, as I coach people, as we do conferences and teaching, things like that, is that um, church renewal is more than but less it is. I'm sorry. It's not less than it's more than, but it's not less than a series of staged conflicts. That's what's going on in the New Testament letters. The apostles are confronting God's people with ways that they need to change so that they're aligned with Jesus' scorecard. Sometimes when you do thoughtful, uh, spirit-filled conflict, your church will end up smaller. But it's the very thing that's needed for renewal to happen. Interesting. So you could have an exodus of people. You could have a conflict that blows up, but that... Sometimes a conflict blows up in a church because of something unhealthy in the church. Absolutely. Sometimes a conflict blows up in the church because of something healthy. Yeah, because a leader's trying to lead it towards health. So, for example, uh, we made a change in our church in Seattle. Um, I'm not sure the change is super relevant, but we made a change in our church in Seattle that we knew would rankle some people. So we did it very thoughtfully and deliberately. We preached on it. 
I went as we announced where it was going to go. We gave people time to reflect on it, to ask us questions. I went and sat in people's homes with open Bibles across their kitchen tables and talked through them, through this particular change we're going to make and why we're going to do it from the scriptures, why we thought it was important. We lost every single one of those families that we thought we would lose. Wow. But we did it with very clear consciences. Hmm. We lost them because they did not want to align with a particular biblical value that we were reasserting in the church. This is interesting, Matt. And, and I, I worry that this mentality, that God might answer our prayer for renewal by decreasing the size of our church. Your church at one point moved from a bigger, nicer building to a smaller one, right? Absolutely. Uh, because that was the right thing. That was the mission forward step your church could take. Yep. I'm worried sometimes that when we talk about this mentality that we're going to lose audience. Right. Because I think there's people that are hungry to grow their church. Yes. Numerically, make it popular, make it big. Um, and it might be that God does that because yeah. we are living in the midst of a culture that is hungry for community and connection and mm -hmm truth and a foundation i mean and we have a confidence that jesus is advancing his kingdom what's our tagline right today dawned because jesus is yet gathering a people and using us to do it so our expectation is that jesus that same thing that he said to paul in corinth right i'm going to take care of you because i've got people here for you to find with the gospel we live in that expectation that that multitude in revelation that from every tribe and nation language and people like americans who speak english Right. right. They're going to be gathered. And so we we live in joyful expectation that God's going to use us to advance his kingdom. Right. right. That's our posture. That's why we're here. Right. We expect him to do that and to do it through us. Sure. Right. Yeah. Um, but sometimes the first move of that is it may go smaller first mm. because you confront things that have been um, left unconfronted in the past. So when we when we relook at Jeff's question, if the Lord answers our prayer for revitalization, what type of changes might established leaders expect? Really, what we can expect is that the Lord will answer the prayers of his people. He will do it unto his glory and for the good of his church and whatever that means in our context. If that means our church closing, if that means our church merging, if that means our church becoming the most significant church in the community. But but what we can expect is that the Holy Spirit is going to bless and move through the means of grace, through prayer, through worship, through leadership, through leadership. He he if 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 we are praying to be renewed in the gospel and then our churches are renewed in the gospel, we will see changed lives. Absolutely. A new community that is marked by prayer and reverence. People and growing in their discipleship. Yes, people moving in, in holistic, uh, progressive discipleship. We can expect God to do what he says he'll do. Absolutely. We don't we, know what it will look like for us. Right. But we can expect God to do what he says he'll do. Absolutely. That's beautiful. Yep. Yep. Hey, this has been a great conversation about expectations. Thank you so much, Jeff, for this question. Um, what have you seen, uh, listeners, in terms of how God has renewed churches? What are you expecting or hoping it for? Are you praying that your church might be renewed? We'd love to pray with you and pray for you. We'd love to hear your thoughts. So please feel free to reach out to us. You can get us by email. Our executive director is Matt at flourishcoaching.org. My name is Alan. I'm your host, and I'm Alan at flourishcoaching.org. 
You can also visit us on Facebook, facebook.com or tinyurl.com slash flourish FB. That's tinyurl.com slash flourish FB. We would love to keep this conversation going with you and with others. So please rate the podcast, leave a comment or review, subscribe to it, share it with a friend uh, so that we can expand the conversation about church renewal. We do this because we believe at Flourish there is only one fully sufficient reason that this day dawned, and that is that Jesus is yet gathering a people to himself and using us to do it. So please join us as we pray for the renewal of our churches and dig into the ways that Jesus is renewing his church.